Welcome back to another exciting episode of Goth Girl Horror, the Hack Slash Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm your co-host, Charcy Lex. And tonight we are talking about the finale of Hack Slash, issues 24 and 25 of Volume 2. We might have somebody joining us for it, uh, but in the meantime, we're going to dive right into the issues themselves. This is the ending of the ongoing series, and then we switch back to miniseries for Hack Slash. And Charcy has a plot synopsis now for issues 24. And, of course, with the original finals that we had, that it's written by Tim Seeley, art by Elena Casagrande, colors by Nate Lovett, letters by Crank, edits by James Lauder, published by Image, and issue 24 was originally published on February 2013. There's a lot going on in this issue. Sam and the Black Lamp Society has created a maze where they intend to place Cassie and Vlad's friends and force them to fight each other in order to save their loved ones. Sam also makes a vow to Vlad that he'll keep Cassie alive just long enough so that he can kill her in front of him. Meanwhile, Cassie, Cat, Daisy, and Pooch realize that the other half of the group are either held hostage or dead. They know that they need to get to the concert and stop the people from drinking the stab soda. Back in the maze, Mrs. Marsh attacks Georgia because they told her that she needed to kill her friends in order to save her husband, Neil. Georgia reminds her that they have to stick together and to fight the Black Lamp Society, not each other. Vlad manages to get free from the skybox he, has held, he was held captive in, and he takes baby Sandy with him to free the rest of the group from the maze. After finding Ava, Vlad is unfortunately stabbed in the back by Gert. She was fooled by the Black Lamp, into thinking she had to kill her friends to save her love, Brock. Mrs. Marsh and Georgia show up in time to stop her and remind her that you don't turn on your friends. A couple of the Black Lamp followers show, show up and approach them in the maze, but Georgia uses the alien guitar and zaps them away. Back at the concert, the others are trying to stop the fans from drinking the soda, but the Slashers, Lynn, and Acid Angel are in their way. Back in the maze again... Dr. Gross and Father Wrath show up, but Georgia zaps them with the guitar. While Dr. Gross is down, Ava gets her revenge on him for killing Chris and Lisa, as she poetically put it, cutting him into big, bloody chunks. Back at the concert, Cassie and the rest of the group are not having any luck, and the fans end up drinking the stab soda. Cat and Pooch finally manage to make their way to the main stage to try and warn as many more people as they could to not drink the poison soda, but Sam shows up. However, before he can cut Cat's throat, Vlad shows up in time to stop him. Gertrude had used the ailing guitar to teleport the group to the concert. Even though Vlad showed up in time to stop Sam from killing Cat, Vlad is stabbed in the chest by Sam. There's one cover which has... I don't know who this is supposed to be. Is this supposed to be Sam Hain on the cover with the knife in front of his face with the kill marks on the knife? That is Dr. Gross. Okay, that's Dr. Gross. Okay. Um, and then the other cover, uh, so that cover is by Tim Seeley and Nate Lovett. I guess you're supposed to love it. Uh, the cover B is by Francesco Gaston, like the Disney Gaston. <laughs> uh, it sounds like it. Yeah, Gaston. Nobody does it better than Gaston. Uh, has Cassie fighting Georgia with Vlad fighting 
Gertrude and the sister nun attacking them. So I guess that's definitely a lot very indicative of what happens in the issue with the soda, 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 the uh, killer soda. So what is oh, it called? Stab. The stab soda. Yeah. So by the way, soda. When you hear soda, soda is a reference to what they called soda in the Superman universe uh, or DC Comics. They call soda soda. Oh, Jesus. Mm, soda. <laughs> <laughs> and the the machines, like in comic books, you'll see labeled soda. <laughs> There's always a reference to either some kind of soda or alcohol in any kind of comic. Mm-hmm. Um, poor Vlad. He looks roughed up at the beginning of this thing. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, the baby won't stop crying. Well, that's something you just, you don't know how to take care of a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do love the fact that the, uh, the cops pull over our heroes and pull, call them cavorting whores. <laughs> well, and then the fact when they just, uh, you know, shoot into the car and it turns out to just be a couple of sex dolls. Right. They leave them tied up with pooch and they're like, what the hell is that? Like master of intimidation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it works perfect for that point in time. Correct. Vlad is again, once again drawn to be like very like decrepitly um, old or you know zombified in a way. It's, it's rather unusual. But the fact that he takes a bite out of this woman's arm is like, oh Jesus. I was gonna say it's kind of the perfect form of art to kind of zombify him, considering the form of attack he uses to stop her. But I mean, I guess he kind of has to since his hands are tied behind his back. Right. He catches little Cassandra in his lap. Um, he's mm-hmm. like, look, I have a big red smile. <laughs> Which then on this next page is where it I, it was enough that I could tell from this that this was definitely a band that he was kind of referencing towards uh, the insane clown posse because he called them... I had it on here, the Ignant Mime Squad. Mm, Yes, definitely. Um, Other funny thing is... uh, Did I skip over it? Uh, Oh, okay. So, by the way, um, Stab also reminds me of the name of the film series within the film franchise Scream. Yeah. So that's based on, like, you know, the actual... So the murders within the context of the movie's universe have their own film, you know, adaptations based on those murders. Which kind of makes a nice reference along with it. Yeah. And the last time, well, in the last Scream movie, Scream 4, I think they were up to, like, Stab 7 or 8. Yeah. (laughs) I think so. Yeah, and we only have the fifth Scream movie coming out next year. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. But they're up to, like, the eighth or seventh Stab film within the context by the fourth Scream film. Yeah, when um, the parody kind of takes on its own wings. and But it's kind of funny if, to see if Scream will ever catch up or if Stab will just continue on to, like, Stab 12. Georgia's got the mystical uh, six uh, guitar, which shoots off the, uh, you know, hell energy or whatever the hell it is. Well, what is the energy it's shooting out again? This one was the one, the guitar from the Neff universe, so okay. this was Neff power. Right, so this is Nikki's, this is Six's, um, yep. this is Six's guitar from way back in the beginning of Volume 1 of Hack Slash's ongoing, the Devil's Due Press one. Yes, in fact, the issue we were introduced to both Georgia and Gertrude, so. Uh, 
the doctor once again kind of looks like Frank. You know, reminds me a lot of Frank from Hellraiser. If we've made yeah, that reference before, especially with the fact that he's got the bloody shirt on. Uh, I don't know a lot of serial killer slasher films that have a priest as the killer. Um, I've seen a, a few. Um, I can't remember the names of them offhand, but I've seen some of the crazy priests that go after uh, sinners and that. So, if I can think of any, I'll have to like post it online. <laughs> yeah, uh, send them over because I'm not too. I'm not. I'm not thinking of any. Usually, the priests in the movies are usually referred to as like the heroes because they need a priest to stop the demon from doing the thing, and only the yeah. priest can perform the spell for the thing. And the one that I saw, I can flat out say it was a cheesy B-rated horror film. So I'll I'll have to see if I can look it up and find it. Vlad's mask seems to have changed somewhat. It looks more menacing than it normally does, but I don't know. Again, again, it might be the interpretation of the artist himself. And it it seems smaller, so it doesn't seem as big as what it normally is. It's usually chunky looking. Vlad unties Brock, and this is the first time meeting Brock, which is Gertrude's husband. Um, again, Brock looks like he should be the age that Gertrude is, but Gertrude is drawn to look like she's a very young woman in a lot of the panels. Yeah, she's she looks like the, she's in her 30s. Or maybe younger. I mean, they don't draw her with a lot of lines. So, yeah. unlike the original drawings of her, where she was clearly in her 50s or so, this, yeah, she looks extremely true. young. Uh, but uh, as Gertie as he calls her, hugs Brock, uh, Vlad looks on in probably pain. Yeah, because all he's thinking about is uh, Cassie, which, of course, um, their friend Angelica, I think it's Angelica. Hold on. She noticed. Hold on. Okay, go ahead. Feedback. And, of course, in the next panel, we kind of see that Angelica was able to tell that that's exactly what Vlad was thinking about and that he wanted to help Cassie. There's a funny moment with Pooch where he's like, uh, where are they, the mysterious cords that provide the miracle of electricity? <laughs> the way he explains things are, his one-liners are definitely some of the funniest lines in here. So the reason why I thought the guy on the cover was Sam Hain is because of the fact that he gets his face blasted with the energy and he basically turns it, – it's fried. And then I mean, it could be. I think it, it is well Sam I, I really think it's Sam Hain because of the fact he's got the um, – it's not stripped skin. It's, it looks like it's burnt skin or melted skin, whereas the other guy has like – stripped off his skin and it's just the bone and marrow you know what i mean the muscle underneath like frank and hellraiser i really yeah. think the guy in the cover is sam hain because he's also got the toothy grin like a pumpkin would um he's missing some teeth as well and i i think it's him because he is the one who kills vlad in this issue which that would make a lot of sense but yeah because at first when i was looking at it I was thinking Dr. Gross, and then, yeah, but at the end of this one, sure enough, that's when Vlad fries off Sam's face. Right. Um, and then that's how the issue ends, to be concluded. Um, now, Vlad getting stabbed in the chest, I never believed he was going to stay dead for long, but he was dead for quite some time. He was at least dead for two miniseries, um, and then yeah. a lot of years in between, because... <coughs> Excuse me. This was published in 2013, uh, we'd get a couple of miniseries, but Hackslash wouldn't return like for like I guess considered to be a full time status until like 2016. Because there was a good year or two that we didn't get any Hackslash comics. 
kind of yeah. like what we're in now. We haven't had any new Hack Slash comics since 2019. And we're coming yeah. up on the two years since the last one came out, which was the 15th anniversary special. Because the 15th anniversary special came out after the Crow miniseries. Yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, that came out in December of 2019. Uh, in the back of the issue, we have the cosplayer Christina Chrissy, uh, Christina Chrissy Hack of Ontario, Canada, dressed up as Cassie in the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 pictures. Um, and then we have this pinup by Sabrina Maramon, which is very anime-ish. We have what's coming out from Image Comics that month, like Savage Dragon number 184 and Walking Dead number 107, The Third Degree with Andy Diggle, uh, what is your favorite comic book uh, love story by some people? None of them I really recognize off the top of my head. Ads in here for the Emerald City Comic Con in 2013. And The Couriers, the complete series by Brian Wood. I don't know what this is. So, moving on to issue 25, the finale of Hackslash. The literal final of final. Yes, until there's another series. I do hope he will go back to doing another series, but I understand him being so busy. But, I digress, maybe we'll get some information about that coming up in the future. Yeah. Why don't we jump into issue 25, the finale. So, the only difference with issue 25 is that this one was published on March 2013. At the concert, several of the fans have already started to become crazed and are killing people. Georgia and the rest of the group are trying to stop as many of the stab happies as they can. Cassie has just killed the slasher Lynn when Vlad finally finds her. Cassie realizes that he has a knife sticking out of his chest. A giant fireball starts sweeping through the crowd and is moving its way towards Cassie and Vlad. Georgia runs to them to warn them, and she manages to push Cassie out of harm's way. Unfortunately, Vlad is hit by the blast. With Vlad's death, Cassie has finally lost the last of her humanity, and the black blood in her veins finally takes over, as she wants her revenge, and all she can think about is to kill Sam. While Cassie is fighting her way through the crowd towards the stage, Cat has injected Sam with a serum that cures the black liquid in his blood. She has found a cure for slashers. Cat tries to knock Sam out, but he ends up elbowing her in the gut and then tries to strangle her. But this time it was Cassie's turn to show up in time to save Cat. Sam ends up running off into the woods to try and get away from Cassie. He tries to sweet talk her by telling her that she is worthy, that she should join him. Back at the concert area, too many of the concert goers have been turned into crazy slashers. Knowing that they needed to get them away from Earth, Gertrude and Brock use the guitar to zap them all into a different realm. Sam feels all of their deaths as they disappear. He realizes that Cassie is his final paladin, his final slasher. He tells her that the Black Lamp needs her now. This information means nothing to her, and she creates a very gruesome death for Sam. Even though she seems to, she seemed lost to them, Cat and Pooch manages to find a way to inject her with the slasher's cure. Even though the serum made her very sick, it also gave back her humanity. This issue concludes with Ava explaining that Libby's memories of the future were changing and fading. The only thing that she was 100% sure on was that they had defeated the murder messiah. We end with Cassie and Georgia running away together with baby Sandy. And for just one glimmer of a second, we get to see a gloved hand grab Vlad's mask from the wall. 
Yeah, let's jump right to that part real quick, um, just because I'm curious about what you think who that is, because I don't quite understand. It, nobody wears Vlad's mask coming up in the next two miniseries, correct? Nobody does, but um, from what I understand, well, from the original time that I had read this issue, it kind of gave that weird feeling, like, at first, like, thinking, oh, my God, is Vlad actually alive? Did the blast not kill him? Was it Vlad grabbing it? Well, later on, and I think it was actually from interviews from Tim that I've heard from, because I, I know I heard it from Tim somewhere, that it was supposed to be Ash when he did the army of darkness that the army of darkness issue was always planned to be and that it was ash grabbing the mask i can't remember when and where i'd heard it it was quite a while ago but i swear that's what he had said that it was supposed to be ash grabbing it vlad dying is sad but it was also i think sadder that chris and lisa had been killed off because they were right there in the very beginning as supporting characters yeah and there's no bringing it them back unless you reboot hackslash and they're the characters that you don't expect to come back, where, like what you said with Vlad, you, you kind of expect that they're going to find a way, considering slashers always come back, so why can't you bring your friends back? We have two extra covers. So we have three covers for the final issue. We have Cassie uh, holding Vlad's mask with a broken baseball bat. This is very much like the statue uh, that a lot of us have. Um, and she's standing on the word uh, finale. Uh, there's a cover by Jenny Frizen that has her holding a skull of, well, just a skull to her head. And then we also have a cover by Chris Giaroso, very cartoony version cover of the very first issue of Hackslash um, in his style. He does very cartoony, kind of Calvin and Hobbes looking, Peanuts Gallery kind of uh, cartoon artwork. Uh, you can find his artwork a lot of times in issues of Savage Dragon, backup stories. Yeah. Okay. So that's where I was thinking that I could remember that one. Correct. Um, so, but, but Smurf bitch, baby. I love you, girl. I love that. And of course, this girl is topless and nipples are showing. <laughs> and the fact that all of these names that they give them, diaper killer <laughs> for their child. <laughs> Vlad and Cassie come together and she's like, you have to stand up. Vlad, get up. Get up. It's all very sad and dramatic, but I never actually thought Cassie was Vlad was going to stay dead. Um, I'm sorry. Just if they if he had kept him dead, I would have been like, but as soon as he well, did Hack Flash Resurrection, I was like, they're going to bring back Vlad probably. So, mm -hmm. um, but they didn't right away. Not in the first couple issues. I don't think he comes back to like the third issue or so. Yeah, but we'll I, it's definitely not the first one. No, no, but we're 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 ways away from that. We got uh, two miniseries to get to before that. She putting on she Cassie putting on Vlad's mask is fantastic. And that awesome scene, like I love that panel where she's fighting in the crowd and right. she's got Vlad's mask on. That's like the best right there. I don't like uh, very much how uh, Sam Hain is colored after he has been burnt. He's got purple face, and it definitely means that this is Sam Hain on the cover of the previous issue. Cat stabs him in the neck, but just the coloring for his burnt skin just really does throw me off a lot. I'm not uh, quite so digging it. I don't know. Uh, what do you think? I... I don't know if it's just because of the coloring for me that it reminds me so much of Dr. Gross that 
I'm trying to think with, or maybe it's because of the fact that his face was fried by an alien item, so maybe that's why it colored him purple, and it wasn't, like, blackened, like, with a normal person, if they're burned or electrified, that it would look like actual burn marks. So, I, I don't know, it could just be artistic interpretation because it was an alien weapon that fried his face. True. Um, he calls out to Cassie that, you know, she's the last one. The black lamp needs her now. He kisses her. After he, she throws something, looks like it goes through him. I mean, the amount of force and power that she has to be able to do that is unbelievable. But then she goes one, two, three, four, five, six times stabbing him in the chest. Uh, mm -hmm. Very stab-happy Michael Myers style. And the fact that... We, well, I mean, we clearly know by that point that she's just, she's gone. Yeah, and Sam is gone for now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the mini, one of the upcoming miniseries, we'll get into that. Um, is he back? Is he dead? Who knows? <laughs> There's a character that pops up in that miniseries. I don't know really who he is. I re it's been a long time since I read that miniseries, so I'm looking forward to reading The Son of Sam Hain. Um, again, because it's, uh, it, 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 uh, it was, that was like the last hack slash story we got for quite a few years. So, um, we don't get to see the remains of Sam though after Cassie stabbed him a lot. Yeah, you would think we'd see like blood splat or something. When, when is, oh, wait, there is. And on the last panel where Cassie's bent over puking after they've given her the uh, serum, Sam's body is there. That's the last panel I think they show him. There's no, There are no stab happies roaming Highway 70. Vlad is no longer beaten, caged, broken as he was in the vision because he's dead. I don't know if we won, but we beat the murder messiah. Sleep well. And then it's just a lot of quiet pictures for like uh like one one page and Cassie and Georgia. Hold on. So uh, she's about to walk away with the the baby to go off uh, on an adventure, but George is like, no, let's stay here. Let's play house. Let's be a lesbian couple. <laughs> you know, I guess that works out for a while. So um, in the back of the back of the comic book, after we say our goodbyes to our heroes, and you know, we we do the what we talked about with uh, Sam's mask, or sorry, uh, ah. Vlad's mask, there's an afterward in the back of the comic book. It says, I've been working at Devil's Due Press and living in Chicago for about a year and a half when I came up with the idea of Hackslash. I spent much of that time drawing G.I. Joe and was happy as shit to be creating comics for a really real job. And I was starting to feel the itch to make something up. Something, say, some without restrictions. Put upon it with multiple toy corporations. The mashing of other ideas inspired by a slasher movie, Marathon, Lots of Cold Medicine, Crushes on Pretty Goth Girls, and a Complete Ignorance of the TV show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I spewed out a pile of sketches and notes. I showed my pitch material to an artist I'd seen contact via email, then newbie Stefani Caselli. He ignored the notes and got to keeping Cassie's boobs small, the first of many artists to do so, and then draw two character sketches that totally defined our heroes in my mind, Hackslash is born. That was nine years ago. Since then, the series has been surmounting 78 issues, an assortment of crossovers, and a movie deal that went nowhere, 
more than one, and a whole lot of panting shots of blood. And here we are at the end. The no, seriously, this is the end, at least for a while end. <laughs> you, may yeah. be, you may be wondering about why. The reason we've come to this, and I've got a few of them, the main one is simple. I got to end the... I got to the end of my story. I do love the, some good old, good big two superhero comics, but I think one of the strengths of a creator-owned book is that it can have an ending. I decided upon the ending of Hackslash pretty early on in life in the series and have been slowly steering things that may ever since. We just came to the end of the road, at least for Cassie and Vlad. There are some other contributing factors. Me being very busy on Revival Witchblade. Now, this is basically probably going to be a repeated conversation like we had uh, two years ago when Tim came on uh, Goth Girl Horror for the 50th anniversary special, he had some stuff in the pipeline. Vampire the Masquerade, Money Shot, and of course a project on DC that he couldn't tell me about at the time, but we have come to learn would be Superman vs. Lobo, the Black Label book, which the second issue comes out in November. I thought it was supposed to be out in October, but he corrected me on Twitter and said, nope, not until November. So the second issue of that is coming out. So concern seven hack slash facts you maybe didn't already know. Concerned that he didn't have the depth of experience as a writer to handle the scripting for Hackslash after he hit the, up the concept, Tim Seeley spent about a week thinking he'd draw the book and get his friend Robert Kirkman, fresh off the launch of the brand new, still a relatively unknown title, The Walking Dead, to provide the scripts. Though the name of the main character was Cassie initially, Seeley temporarily changed it to Andy due to the name of the lead in the 2002 cross-gen series Route 666. Cross-gen has since been defunct. Some comics fans mistakenly believe that the book's title was chosen to reflect the names of the two central characters. Not so, Vlad was never going to be named Slash. The original Hack Slash logo was designed by revival artist Mike Norton. Uh, the character Chris Crank at, got his name when the comics review site mixed up the founder of the fictional Hack Slash, Inc. Fantasy author R.A. Salvador, who lives here in Massachusetts, by the way, introduced Tim to longtime series editor James Louder. Tim was working with Salvador at the adaptations of the Drizzle novels. Cat Carol was supposed to die for good in her first series appearance, as was Pooch. Damn it. This goes to show <laughs> that the writer's original intention got foiled in comics all the time, and that some characters simply refuse to take direction and stay dead. I would have been fine with Pooch dying. But that's okay. Um, so that's the end of it. The uh, back of the uh, comic has an ad here for Five Ghosts, The Haunting of Fabian Gray, which is a great comic book. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend Finding Five Ghosts. It is one of my favorite indie comics out there. I do hope it is coming back as the writer has promised. Um, and a uh, 10 Grand May who's next J. Michael Straczynski ad. I don't know what this is. Just says J. Michael Straczynski, 10 Grand May who's next. I guess this is a comic book that he's doing. J. Michael Straczynski is best known for creating Babylon 5 and the writer of the Thor movie as well as many other things. Has a great book out called Becoming Superman. I highly recommend it if you like a story about a guy who picked himself up from absolute garbage living lifestyle to what he became today. I was going to say, a good inspirational one, then. Or you could do yourself a favor, get the Cliff Note version, contact me, I'll tell you what happened over the first ten chapters of his life story, and get right to the good Hollywood stuff. Because let me tell you, <laughs> the first ten chapters are some of the most brutal things I've ever read someone having to experience in my life. Not oh, necessarily what oh, was, wow. <laughs> not necessarily what was done to them, but what they witnessed around them and what they had to experience is yeah. horrifying to no end. Oh, jeez, yeah. Yes, it is some of the most traumatic experience stuff. It's kind of like reading a biography about uh, Steve Niles, who's gone into great detail about his upbringing and why he, um, you know, wrote comics the way he does. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. 
So, um, yeah, Tim, uh, Steve Niles had uh, gone on Adam Green's podcast, uh, The Movie Crypt, to talk about, like, how he was left in the care of his sister, and his sister was, like, a prostitute and doing drugs and, like, bringing guys over, you know, to the house and running this business or whatever, and this influenced a lot of his writing, and how he got addicted to heroin years later after the success of 30 Days a Night, so... Um, yeah, and uh, as far as I know, Tim does not have nearly as dark of a backstory, so. Yeah. Um, we are done with the second volume of Hackslash, and we, of course, will be coming back, probably taking a little bit of time off, but we will definitely be back before the end of the year with the uh, Hackslash Army of Darkness, or Hack Army of Darkness, by the way, because the Slash is cut off, uh, crossover with Cassie and Ash from the Evil Dead franchise. Uh, which is great, considering there's a new Evil Dead movie coming out next year called Rise of the Evil Dead. Yeah. And the Evil I was going to say, perfect timing. And the Evil Dead TV series is currently on Netflix, and you can easily get a copy of Army of Darkness and all the other Evil Dead movies, movies on DVD and Blu-ray. They've been put out multiple times. Uh, but if you've never seen Army of Darkness, highly recommend watching it, and we will get into that in just a few weeks. Uh, thank you once again, Charcy. And thank you for having me, Chris. And we will return in just a few weeks with another exciting episode of Goth Girl Horror. Where can they find you, Charcy? They can find me on my Twitter at Charcy Lux or on my Instagram for Charcy87. And you can find me at Chris D S A V or on YouTube at Radio of Horror. And you can find all the other podcasts that I do as well as other episodes of this show on RadioHorror.com where we've had interviews with multiple people who worked on Hackslash. And we will continue to have multiple people on the show with us. Um, dividing time between other shows is sometimes always hard to track down these guests, but we've been pretty good about having a pretty steady string of guests on, and we will continue having great guests on front that work on Hackslash coming up very soon. Thank you, everybody, and don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Please send us a rating. We do have a great rating. Actually, I do want to read real quick if I can pull it up in time. Hold on. Uh, somebody left us a pretty awesome rating recently so we have 20 ratings on itunes not a lot but i'd still like to get it up there what's funny is the one podcast i'm not doing anymore it just hit 75 reviews nice yeah so, okay so here's the review as of 10 21 21 it says it's given that excuse me it's a given that this is the quintessential podcast for hack slash franchise however it's a great show to listen to for comics and horror fans and anyone interested in uh, anyone interested in discovering the comic? The issue by issue, including miniseries and crossovers analysis, is interesting for casual and super fans alike. On top of that, guests featured are many comic industry greats, such as Tim Seeley himself. Give this a listen and subscribe now. That is true. And the last two guests we had on were Josh Williamson and the uh, and Drew from the Halloween Man. So we've had guests on recently. And those were some pretty interesting and fun interviews, too. Correct. And we'll definitely have other people on from Hackslash, and we believe we're going to have possibly Tim Seeley on the show coming up possibly sooner than you think. Fingers crossed. And like I said, we'll be back soon with another exciting episode of Goth Girl Horror, the Hackslash podcast. <laughs>